Real sports talk for real sports fans. Swing it a minute. Slam dunk. Touchdown. Sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh, yeah. The word you're looking for is wow. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey, everybody, second hour as we say hello to you. You can always get in on the conversation, 264-1700. You can call in and tell me how excited you are about the water tower being painted. Woohoo! Okay, I get it, Trent. I get it. I get it. Look, for how many years? 320 years? They, they, they never put the hawk sign on the water tower, and now they're going to do it? I can't wait. I mean, I'm thrilled. It's a plain white water tower, Jimmy B, right next to the stadium. It is yes. aesthetically unpleasing. They're putting a tiger uh-huh. hawk up there. And frankly, I don't think they did enough. I, I think it should be painted black or gold, and then you put the tiger hawk on there. Ah, it's going to remain okay. white, but they're at least doing something. Because, Jimmy B, you've seen the crowd shots. We know you don't like to go to Iowa City because you think you're too good for it, and you're a Cyclone fan, and that's okay. <laughs> But oh, <laughs> when you yeah. look at it and they pan across and you see the yes, children's I've possibility, I've and you got it, yeah. this ugly, plain, white water tower, yeah. at least they're giving something. It's something that the fans have clamored for, and they're listening in Iowa City. They're actually well, listening come, over how, there. What took them so long, Trent? Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's why this is a conversation <laughs> all the time, because everyone's baffled. Why did it take this long? And there's talk who owns the water tower, part of the hospitals and part of the city. Who do you need to go through? This conversation, Jim, has been going back as far as I can remember. And, and it's wow. funny. I've had family members, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota fans that have come, and, and everyone has said the same thing. Hey, why don't they paint that water tower over there? <laughs> I, I see it from every visiting fan base. They all ask the same question. Hawkeye yeah. fans have been asking themselves this for decades. I remember my first time going to Kinnick. I asked my uncle the exact same thing. You know what would be really cool? If they put, like, a Hawkeye symbol up there. And he said, yes, that, that has been talked about a long, long time, Trent. And finally, they have come through, and they're actually going to be doing it. So fans are happy, Jimmy B. You don't have to worry about it. doesn't pertain to you, but the fans are happy. That's a good thing. Well, I'm happy that the fans are happy. How's that? Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, this doesn't have anything to do with water towers, but I mentioned at the end of the hour. So we earlier yeah. talked with Tom Kaker of HawkeyeReport.com. You can check out that podcast over on uh, the webpage on 1700 if you missed it. But we were talking to Tom a little bit about basketball recruiting. DJ Carton continues, Mm -hmm. the point guard from over in the Quad Cities, to have a great spring, moving up the national rankings up to now 30th nationally in the class of 2019. And, you know, we've heard fans clamor for a true point guard. Well, he's that kind of guy. And a supreme athlete, can fill it up from the outside, good size at 6'3", has everything that you want for but this is going to be very difficult. And and I do wonder, Jim, if this is going to be the most important recruit of the Fran McCaffrey era. And, and, and just stick with me for a moment here because okay. you go back and, and early in his tenure when he was able to get Mike Gasell and Adam Woodbury, two guys that were ranked in the top 100. Remember, Woodbury had a North Carolina offer. So to beat North Carolina for a recruit, that was a big deal. Yeah, But this feels different. This feels different because at that time there was still the excitement of a new program, a new coach, the guy that was going to turn around, actually showed some enthusiasm and excitement, completely different than Todd Licklider. So that, that in its own right was a big deal, beating Carolina for Woodbury. But mm. this now with last season, the disappointment that is there, the frustration. Iowa throughout the years missing on some of these top-level targets that they've gone after at the point guard position. Tyler Eulis, right. you know, being the, the biggest example. 
the guys that they've missed out throughout the year, Xavier Simpson, on and on and on, these big-time point guards that they haven't been able to get. And if they're able to get this, it answers the question not only about point guard and the future of that, a guy that can run the team and the up-tempo system that he wants to run, but you're beating some big-name schools at a point where there isn't probably as much excitement as there was at that time looking for a turnaround. And just because there, there's negativity surrounding the program and people getting sick of hearing, oh, Fran, here he goes off again on something and he's yeah, freaking out yeah. on the sidelines. And, and it wears thin, especially when you're losing. And Iowa lost plenty of times last season, 19 times to be exact, and including 4-14 four and 14 in the Big Ten. So that is the reason that I look at this as bigger than Adam Woodbury, bigger than Tyler Cook, bigger than any of the top 100 players that they brought in. Not only proximity to home, but position and just where the program is right now. I'm with you on position because you and I both understand how important having a dynamic point guard is, particularly in college basketball. And we see how it translates into the NBA, all of the top point guards that are being featured right now uh, in the NBA playoffs. Look, I... I think that Carton is going to take a look. I've, I've never met the young man, so I, I don't know. All I've seen uh, are, you know, high school video clips here and there, Trent. Have you seen him play in person? Have you? Yes. Did you call any of his games? Yep. Okay. So I'll, I'll defer to you on this. Is he a player that can, in your estimation, from the get-go, walk in and take that number one guard spot? Well, he would be walking in next season and taking away from Jordan Bohannon. I, I don't think that would happen, right. but I, I see those two skill sets melding very well together. I, I think both of those guys playing together, Bohannon as a senior and, and Carton as a, as a freshman, I think that they would work very well together. And you wouldn't have just one guy as a point guard, the other as the two, but you can play those guys together, and I think that would work out incredibly well. And then you can have Moss and Weisskamp out there as well, you know, playing together. So I think there are two guys that can play. And I think Carton comes in right away, and he is a starter from day one. And however you want to designate who the point guard is in that scenario, and then after Jordan Bohannon ex- exhausts his eligibility, well, then you're ready to go. And, and you have a ready-made okay. guy there for the next couple of seasons at the point guard spot. It makes a lot of sense, but you got to beat Iowa State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Indiana, Michigan, USC, and more and more are coming. It's going to be a difficult task for Fran McCaffrey, and a big one certainly. Something to keep an eye on this spring. We're coming back on the other side, talking some more hoops. Wolfgang's going to stop by, and we'll cap things off, me and Jimmy B, to end the hour. Back with more in a moment. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Napa know-how. 
Castrol Full Synthetic Motor Oil is on sale for $6.39 a quart at Napa. Its patented formula fights against sludge and buildup so aggressively, it practically intimidates it. So subdue, frighten, and impose your will on engine problems by grabbing some Castro Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $6.39 a quart. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer expires 4 When you join the Fuel Rewards Program at Shell, you get instant gold status and save five cents per gallon on every fill every day. And if you join between now and May 27th, you can save an additional 25 cents per gallon on your second fill. But you'll feel like you're reaching up and high-fiving a million angels. To join, download the Fuel Rewards app and start saving today. Offer subject to gold status. Limit 20 gallons at participating Shell stations. See fuelrewards.com slash gold for full terms and conditions. Restrictions apply. For 25 cents per gallon bonus, 5-gallon minimum purchase required on first bill. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory-trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M, built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online, washersystems.com. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 440- one one three three walk to prevent suicide join the american foundation for suicide prevention and participate in an out of the darkness community walk register for a walk near you at out of the suicide takes an enormous toll on families friends co-workers and entire communities walk to raise awareness walk to raise funds for research education advocacy and programs to support people impacted by suicide walk to save lives go to out of the today Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. 
around your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. We got Wolfgang stopping by right. Find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. You hear him on the Hawkeye Report podcast. And he joins us here twice weekly on Jimmy B and TC. Wolfgang, what's going on, my man? Beautiful day, Trent. Beautiful day. It's about time. I can't wait. It's 40 days to the lake. I'm not looking at, you know, Titanic like icebergs or anything like that. So I'm excited. It's finally a nice day. Yes, it's uh, finally here. We got spring upon us. Took a little while, but uh, getting ready to go. And got some things out of the shed over the weekend. Got the grill out. Hit up a little grilling last night. But uh, also realize that that means I got a crap ton of yard work to do. That's not going to be fun. <laughs> yes, I understand. I was out in the yard as well, and we've got a dog. So I was like, Ooh. yeah, it's time, to, time to clean up some poop, I think. If you <laughs> want to come over, you're welcome. Speaking of cleaning up poop, Iowa played their uh, spring game. Uh, how, how's that for a transition? You like that Ooh, one? Wow. Wow, so you're not happy with the Hawkeyes. Are you, are you the negative? Let's go here then, Trent. We were like, what do we want to talk about? Let's go here. Sounds like you're negative on the Hawks. No, no. I, I was just screwed around. No. Okay, I, okay. I actually walked away uh, watching Friday night pretty impressed uh, with what I saw. Some high moments, some low moments. But overall, this team, though they're very young in a lot of places, I, I think, in fact, that's maybe where I want to start. You know, they're, it's college sports. There, there's always turnover, graduation, guys moving on. That's always a constant point of fluctuation. But... I look at this team, I see a whole lot of talent, but it's young talent, unexperienced talent. I, maybe this team's a year away. I'm already looking at that and wondering if this is setting up to be a baseline for a big run in 2019. That's funny you say that. I literally just had somebody say that to me this morning, that 2019 is the year. I haven't really thought about it, I guess, um, that hardcore. So is this year we just you know bypassing this year? <laughs> I'm not. You know, I, I talk to a ton of people, Trent, you do too, whether it's phone calls or guys in the media or radio or, or podcasts or whatever, and you listen to these people, and there's certain people, Trent, that I think, I don't know who you respect more than anybody else's opinion. I'm not going to ask you that, but there's certain guys you go, geez, okay, Mr. Hawkeye, Homer, you got your black and gold drinking the uh, black and gold Kool-Aid, and it's like, okay. I'm glad you exist. I'm glad people like you exist and that are always positive and we're going to be, I was going to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that you exist. I also appreciate, this is weird to say, I appreciate those negative jerks too. I like that there, you know, there's people all over the spectrum in terms of what they think I was going to be. So you got the Iowa fans that are, oh, we're going to be the greatest ever. And then you've got the ones that look at the Iowa team and go, yeah, they don't like Kirk, he's too boring, or this or that, or the offense, or, and I get both sides of that stuff. I do. I understand both sides of it. I want them both to exist. And then there's somebody that's kind of in the middle. I consider, I don't, I'm not sure if you consider John Miller in the middle. I do. I think John Miller wants to be right. I don't think he's a homer. I don't think he's a sourpuss. I think John Miller wants to be right. I want to be right. Sometimes I come off as homer. Sometimes I come off as negative. But if I have to put my name behind how I was going to do in a win total, a number, and I have to look at it a year later, and I feel stupid? No, I don't want that. I want to be right. John Miller's picking Iowa 7-5, and five, Trent. 7-5. Mm-hmm. And, and I want your opinion on that. You don't have to give your – I'm not asking for your prediction now. We've got so much time to talk about that. It's ridiculous. But I've I got a place I'm going to go I think you'll find interesting. 
you like that seven and five? Do you think he's much off? Have you talked to homers that think we're going to go undefeated? Who have you talked to? What What are you thinking? The guys you respect? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because it feels like everybody's fallen in that kind of same old, same old seven and five, eight and four type of crowd, and. That's where I would lean right now looking at this squad. I think it, it kind of has that kind of feeling. Probably some frustrating moments, some disappointments in there, maybe an upset that you don't see coming, things like that. Overall, the schedule sets up pretty well. You, you don't have the crossover with Ohio State, with Michigan, with Michigan State this year. So on the surface, when the crossover set up that way, it's pretty good. But it's such an odd schedule, too. And, and just looking at, at the schedule as a whole. First month, first four games, all at home. Well, real quick, you, you said no no Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State, right? Correct. All right? Yep. So People think about that. Think about that. Yeah. You're, okay. You're so cr- we have to think about that. Yep. The crossovers this year are Indiana, Maryland, and Penn State. The Indiana Penn State games are on the road. The Maryland one is uh, the home game out of the crossovers this year. But when you dig a little bit deeper, so first of all, this team's got to be ready to roll right away. Now, after Northern Illinois, it's Iowa State, who I think is going to be pretty good again this year. They're going to be talking about maybe even taking a jump from what they were last year, an 8-9 win, something like that. I think that's a realistic expectation for Iowa State. So you get them, obviously, week two. As always, right out of the gates, you got to be ready to go. Then you open up conference play at home, but with Wisconsin. The Badgers are going to be good. The 3-4 defense, we talk about it time in and time out. That is your Big Ten opener this year. Both those games are in Kinnick, but this Iowa team needs to be ready right away in September. It's fun, like sitting here breaking down the schedule. It is fun to look at because a lot of the math geeks, a lot, it, there's a difference right now, and you didn't really go there with me, but I'm interested in who you, like your friends, your buddies that aren't on the radio or in podcast, or maybe they, are, they do have podcasts. So you you feel like they're pretty much staying seven to five, eight and eight and four. I quite frankly, if you put a gun in my head right now, I'd say eight and four. Okay, that's. I mean, please, subject to change. Let me mm-hmm. do more homework. Find out, you know, more about the other teams we're going against. I would go eight and four. I think John went seven and five. I'm not sure where you're going, and I'm not asking you to go there yet. But I start looking at this team trend, and it seems like, and I haven't seen this talked about. It's very interesting. Iowa fans, Iowa media is pretty much picking Iowa 7-5-8-4 from what I can tell. There are some math geeks, Trent, that just spit out their formula and they, they put in the guys we have returning. They put in you know the quarterback play. They obviously put a high value on a, re- a returning quarterback. So the math geeks love us, Trent. And I have not heard this talked about much. They love us. They love that Nathan Stanley is back. So Trent, Trent and I are sitting here trying to figure out, you know, what's the biggest point, you know, our interior defense line. What do we have to our linebackers? We don't have anybody back. Are we going to be good at linebacker? And I'm looking at some of these math geeks who do the formula, Trent, and they love that we have Nathan Stanley back. We don't even bring his name up. It's like we've got a stud, a stud that we sit here and go, yeah, he was a stud last year. But he could have done better, Trent, a lot better. And he was still a stud. That was his first year. First year starting. True sophomore. I mean, stud. Absolute stud. So maybe, are we too in the weeds with this, Trent? Are we too much? Are we too close? Just remember basketball, Trent? We all thought, those. I won't speak for you. I thought we were going to be good. 
Yeah, I, I thought I Iowa basketball. Yeah. But remember, us going. What is the national media? What are they seeing that we're not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, what are they seeing? Am I stupid? So I'm sitting here now. I'm sitting here looking at the math geeks, going. So I think I was going to go eight and four. These guys had them eleven and one. These math geeks. I'm not joking. They have Iowa going eleven and one in the regular season, making it to the. Um, Big Ten uh, championship game against Ohio State and losing. And they have them as the seventh best overall team, Trent. The seventh best overall team in America. So these are math geeks. This, all right. All right. I, I, I got to stop you right there. I, you got to cite your work. Where, where is this from? Because I saw one thing out there that Iowa, it was ESPN's uh, FBI or whatever they call that stupid thing, and they had Iowa favored in 11 of their 12 games. But that is nope, individual games. It's not ESPN. It, I'll, I'll find it. I just tried to go to the Big Ten. Um, the actual article that I tried to bring up would not come up. It's like, oh, this doesn't exist anymore. And I went to the website, and I was like, am I making this up? Did I make this up? Did I dream this? And then I was like, no, I, that article I cannot find. But I went to another Big 12 article, and there, and I did find that where they were talking about Iowa, and they had their top 100, you know? Mm-hmm. And Iowa was seventh. I did not make this up. I promise you, I will come back with you because I haven't heard this anywhere. I find it interesting that the math geeks think we're going to be really good. Well, that's not exactly fair. A a math geek thinks you're going to be very good. Yeah, that's true. A that's math true. geek. Not not all of them. Not all of them. Because, like I said, you know, Iowa was favored in eleven to twelve at ESPN's thing, but when you actually put the full schedule together. They had them at like eight point three wins, something like that. So, well, so tell me about the ESPN article then. And then well, I'll get it back it, it wasn't even an article; it was just that it, it was they are favored in eleven of their twelve games. But when you run through the whole schedule, they average eight point three victories over the course of the year. So it's different because you know you, you see the different things. Alabama has a fourteen percent chance of going thir- of twelve and zero, and you're like that, that, that can't be right. When you stack everything on each, it's like gambling. You know, a, a parlay, why you get paid more is because it's pro- progressively more and more difficult to get those number of games right. You can get eight games right, that's fine, or 12 games right, but doing it back to back to back to back becomes increasingly more difficult. And that's what it is. And that's why it averages out to 11.3 when you actually go through the schedule. When you look at each one of the games individually, yes, you are favored of 10, 11 of the 12. But then when you go through and you play through the course of that whole schedule, you're not going to be 11-1 and one every time. And, Trent, yes, I, yes, I understand what you're saying. They loved our schedule. Okay, that was one of the things. Mm-hmm. They loved Iowa's schedule. They had it as the easiest schedule in the Big Ten. Yeah. And it, I don't think it was really that close. They had, you know, I don't, and quite frankly, I don't necessarily agree with some of that stuff because – over the years, if you look up that schedule stuff, and, they, and I look at it and they say, well, Iowa had an easy schedule. And then you look at who they think is an easier schedule or a harder schedule, and I'll go, as a Hawkeye fan, I'll look at somebody else's schedule and go, I'll take that schedule. So oh. I don't necessarily even buy that a lot of times. I don't buy that strength of schedule stuff. Well, what do you mean? Just because you – we've talked about that with basketball, Trent. You look at – you try to make, you know, as you are, you're the czar of the, you know – scheduling, and I don't even know how to say it into words, or even to put it into words, but you look at it and you go, I look at it as like, whose schedule would you rather have? So maybe overall, this certain team's schedule may be harder. I may prefer, may prefer like, 
it's hard. You understand? Like, if you're playing, like, difficult teams, like, that's a loss. No offense, that's a loss. And then you play five teams that are just average or different. Or There's different ways to look at that. And the way I look at it, would I want to play that team? Would I rather have that team schedule than Iowa schedule? That's the way I look at it. But that's not how it is in basketball. That's not how it is, Trent. Well, I, I'm looking at the Big Ten schedules. There aren't many that I'd rather have over what Iowa has. It just aren't. No, no, and I agree. I, I agree with – I think Iowa is easy. I looked this up two weeks ago. What do you think of Wisconsin? Okay, so this, these math geeks are not into Wisconsin at all, and I am. So I'm looking at these math, math geeks going, are you watching the games at all? Do you know, understand their program? The math geeks do not like Wisconsin. What do you think? Well, they go to Iowa, to Michigan, to Northwestern, and to Penn State. Exactly. That, that's part of it right there. Would you rather have those be your road games or your road games be at Minnesota, at Indiana, at Penn State again, at Purdue, and at Illinois? Well, it's pretty easy. You'd rather have Iowa's schedule over Wisconsin's at, when you look at it that way. So that, that's what but you're seeing. You're seeing what I'm saying, Trent. Yeah. This may be more of a fun season than we are admitting that it's going to be. I don't know if we're sourpusses or what, or if we're too realist or what. I don't, when you well, put in the numbers, they're loving us, Trent. This is kind of cool. Here's the tricky part, the though, Wolfgang. I mean, here, here's the tricky part. After, after those opening four, they have the bye week, and then four of their next five games are on the road. At Minnesota, at Indiana, they come home for Maryland, who I think is going to be pretty good this year. Then they go to Penn State. Then they go to Purdue after that. That's a daunting stretch. Oh, woe is me. Are you serious right now? Well, yeah. If you want to yeah. be a legit program, that is not something you go, oh, my God, how do we overcome that, Trent? Dude, re-listen to what you just said. It is road games in college football, Wolfgang. Where do, where do upsets always happen? On the road. On the road is where you see upsets happen. And Name me play... another schedule you'd rather have, Trent. Name me one. That, all I'm saying is that is the difficult part of the schedule. That's it. Okay. You're, you're playing four out of five games on the road. I don't think there are many teams in the country that are going to have four out of five road games. No bye game in there, four out of five, you're on the road. That's a difficult stretch. And then you finish up, you come home for Northwestern, you add Illinois, and then you get the Cornhuskers coming in and uh, Scott Frost on Black Friday. So th- the way that it sets up, yeah, you look at each game individually, and yeah, I was going to be favored in a, a lot of these games. Probably everything outside of Wisconsin and the Penn State games, I would anticipate at least right now if you're coming up with point spreads, that I would be the favorite. Mm-hmm. And, and what I found out from this website, you could kind of tell, they really, you know, put a lot on your quarterback. Okay. He was well, let's talk about four. the quarterback. Let's, let's he's no, talk. By the way, can I say this real quick, Trent? Yeah. He's, number, he's the fourth best to the math geeks. Let's just say it's a round four, but it, it was four this website I saw. Mm-hmm. Nathan Stanley, number four, returning quarterback. The Missouri guy was number one, and he was number one by a lot. I mean, a lot. I think Penn State quarterback was in there somewhere. The Washington quarterback was actually behind Nathan Stanley. That Washington quarterback has been here for like 27 years. It's ridiculous. I can't remember the other two that were, were ahead of, uh, of Stanley. But are we not looking at this? Are we too into this and not? I just don't want to be wrong again like it was basketball, man. I feel like a dummy. All right. So Nate Stanley last year threw for 26 touchdowns, only had six interceptions. Average just shy of seven yards per attempt, 2,400 yards passing, yet his quarterback rating was only 135.2. So even with that great touchdown-interception ratio, his quarterback rating wasn't elite, wasn't great even with that. 
hmm, and you don't you don't buy into that. I brought that up before, and you just dismissed me like very snobbishly. <laughs> what did I dismiss? <laughs> when I bring up QB rating, you you dismiss that. Now you're bringing that up. Well, I mean, it depends on my mood. Just just let me roll here. Just let me roll. <laughs> Cry out loud. Jeez. <laughs> It's not very good, though, right? I mean, Guess the, there were four, three quarterbacks in the Big Ten who had better efficiencies last year. Now, the first two wouldn't surprise you. J.T. Barrett, Trace McSorley, not a surprise. Yeah, that's all I had. Who would be the other one? Don't tell me Wisconsin. He came on late. Um, good one. I don't know. Who is it? It is Alex Hornibrook. Alex yeah. Hornibrook last year, They uh, he completed 62.3% of his passes. That's good. He threw 25 touchdowns. That's good. Over 2,600 yards. I didn't know that. No, I did not know that, actually. He threw 15 interceptions, yet his quarterback <laughs> rating was 148.6 versus Stanley's 135.2. I don't get it. You explain it. Now I know why you hate that. Right. Garbage in, garbage out. That's stupid. Yes. How can you throw 15 touchdowns or throw 15 interceptions and beat better than somebody that threw six? Because you're completing 7% more of your passes. No, no. That, that's, that's what not. it is. That's what it well, is. Well, then they need to put in the math differently. Well, they need to put... Nate, no. Nate Stanley, well. he, needs to get, he needs to get that completion percentage up at 60%. And, okay, who's and better? Your, and Who your had boy? a better year last year, Hornybrook or Stanley? Go. Who had uh, a better year? Alex Hornybrook won an Orange Bowl. I'll go with him. Are you joking? Kind of, kind of. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to fire you up. Who would I rather have? It's not even close. Nate Stanley. I mean, no, it's, I'm it's, asking you who had the better season. Who had the better season? It's still Nate Stanley. It's still Nate Thank Stanley. You. It is. Yes. Well, you don't agree with the, the QBR. I don't. No. Thank you. With this, you're just trying to make me mad. <laughs> well, you're, you're making me a little mad. So I, I got to go back and forth. Look, Stanley has to improve the completion percentage. He has to be more efficient. Even at game one, he threw three touchdowns against Wyoming. He was 8 of 15 for 125 yards. You can't have the performances like he had against Michigan State. 16 of 31, under 200 yards, no touchdowns, can't have that. Against Northwestern, not very good. Minnesota, it was, it was pretty bad. They can't afford those. For every Iowa State and Ohio State game, you can't follow it up. And I didn't even bring up the clunker of all clunkers, 8 of 24 against Wisconsin for 41 yards passing. He just oh, needs to wow, be more consistent and needs to be, at minimum, 60%. I, say 59% is the baseline. He hits that, you're going to see big improvements. And then I don't think he's going to throw as many touchdowns as he did last year. 26 touchdowns in the Iowa system, that's a crap ton. If I was setting the over-under for this year, I'd probably have it something 21 and a half, something like that. That's more realistic of what we've seen throughout the years from an Iowa quarterback. Ricky Stancy never so, threw yeah, 26 you're touchdowns. Him. You're totally poo-pooing him. But I don't necessarily disagree with you. Actually, if you put the over-under, I can't believe he's going to throw that many TDs next year. No, I think you're right. No. But you also pointed out some games where he wasn't that good. What if he's just a little bit better? You know, we might see some different stuff. It's interesting, Trent. The math geeks versus us that are math geeks and watch the games and compare them to other teams. It's interesting to me to watch all this stuff. It's just interesting to see. Man, we all, my neighbors, you, radio dudes, we all think we're going 7-5 or 8-4. And there are some math geeks out there that think we're going 11 and want to go to the... It's interesting, I think. We'll see. I, I'm not exactly sold that this is an 11-1 to type of team, but 
we got plenty of time to get into that throughout the summer. Wolfgang, what's going on right now in the world is the NBA playoffs. You're an NBA groupie. You love the stuff. So give us a give me a takeaway. What are you what are you watching right now? What's getting y'all fired up? I gave you a small opinion last time, um, going back and forth with LBJ, LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. Love Michael Jordan. I think he's the greatest player ever, maybe until LeBron retires. Because LeBron's going to destroy every record, every record you've ever seen. And MJ was 198 pounds in 1993, Trent. LeBron is 260 to 285. So I was going back and forth on some of that stuff. I still think MJ is the best ever. But I don't think MJ could guard LBJ. LBJ could guard MJ. And three is one than two. It's a different game. It's fun, and people get so, it's such a cult. With this this Michael Jordan stuff, it's such a cult. I've never seen anything like it, and I always—he's so good. Michael Jordan was so good; it's ridiculous. It's insane how good he is. But he's not perfect. He didn't make every shot like we've come across the shoes man or the commercials or what he did. MJ was the greatest I've ever seen. But I may have to change my opinion here soon, Trent. And I'm actually saying that. I may change my opinion. At their elite level, at their highest level. Now, Jordan was a great defender. He also had a great defender with him in Scott. How's he going to guard a 265 pound man when he's 198? Yeah. No, I, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But we're not talking about one and one, one on one, right? I mean, it, this is not the argument. I, I mean, I, he's a better one on one player, I think. But that's not Michael the conversation, Gordon. right? The conversation the is player? who's the better player? Who's the best player of all time? It's not who would beat who in a game of one-on-one. It's who would win in a basketball game with like-minded players around them, right? Because, yeah, the, the Jordan Bulls would kill this Cavs team, right? We did can you agree see on my that. point on Twitter, Trent? And I, I want this. I want people to hear this. Michael Jordan left the Bulls to play baseball. The Bulls made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay? Everybody hear this? And we're a bad call away from making it to the Finals without freaking Michael Jordan. Think about that, Trent. I mean, the Cavs this year, LeBron played every game. I think the last two years, they were 0-8 without LeBron. They can't win a game without LeBron. And the Bulls almost made it to the Finals if it weren't for a bad call. Imagine that, Trent. Imagine that that call didn't go the bull. I mean, just imagine that for a second. Say, oh, that was a horrible call. That shouldn't be called that way. Bulls go to the finals. Can you imagine how everybody thinks differently of Michael Jordan now? Well, A, they lost in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So we got we to no. get that right. Yeah. Are we? Oh, I remember that wrong. Okay. Yeah. They, they lost, when they lost to the Knicks that year, that was in the semifinals. So okay. not even in the I finals. was wrong. No, I was wrong. I appreciate that. So there was series down. What's the bad call? I remember that was the semifinals, okay. Yeah, it was still a bad call. You're right, yeah. What, what well, was my, my opinion still stands, so, I mean, yes, you're right. They should, the Bulls should have advanced. I can't believe I remember that wrong. Man, I'm mad at myself. Okay. They got beat by 10 in Game 7. Just saying. <laughs> what, would happen, what would happen if you took LeBron off the Cavs? They don't win games. No, yeah, they, they wouldn't be a playoff team. I mean, they, they, yeah, the, the difference. Thank you for me. They don't even win games, right. let alone series. Are you kidding? 
so it's weird what you think most valuable is. To me, I mean, it's such a stupid award. It's so stupid, Trent. I can't even put it into words. It's so stupid. Most valuable. What does that mean? Yeah. What if you take this person off a team? They can't even win a freaking game. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is most valuable. You can define it however you want. We can, Like I've said, we need to rename the award the best damn player on the damn earth, Michael Jordan Award. How about that? Because Michael Jordan didn't win it every, time, every single time with Barkley and Malone. And, right. yep. No, it, it gets old. It's embarrassing, these, these people that vote for this stuff. I'm like, in 10 years, you're going to find yourself stupid. You're just going to be like, what did I do? Why am I so dumb? Well, it goes into the argument from last year and why I was all against Russell Westbrook winning because it was this this modified, well, he averaged a triple-double. It hasn't happened since Oscar Robertson. Who cares? You know, if a guy averages 48 and 6, I think that's better than averaging a triple-double. No, no, but it was a triple-double. <laughs> it's just it's so ridiculous, and I think we're going to look back, and how did LeBron only win? And I don't even know how many MVP awards he has. He's got, I think, four. I think he's got four. But, I mean, Derrick Rose won once, and he shot 45% from the field. Mm-hmm. When LeBron shoots 45% from the field, everybody says, what's wrong with him? Right. He sucks. Right. He won... Derrick Rose won a MVP in shooting 45 or 46%. If LeBron does that, everybody's like, well, he sucks. He only got 29 and 11. I mean, it's just, do you understand how you, what you guys do? What I do? You understand? I know what I do, yeah. Yeah, you guys are jokes. I mean, seriously. I mean, it makes, it's fun. It's fun to have this conversation and everything, but it's like, at some point, do you like have any idea what the hell is going on? At some point, you're like, oh, he had a bad game. He shot 45%. Well, yeah, you just voted for the guy that shot 45% and gave him the MVP. It's, oh, God, it's just, it makes me happy. I know you don't believe this. It makes me happy, actually. Well, don't put me into that camp because I don't have an MVP award. And if I did, I'd be better. Why don't we rename it the Trent Condon Award or something like that? (laughs) Let's have fun. Let's let's figure out, okay, I wanted to call it the Michael Jordan Award. I've been on this Heisman. kick for years. What are they taking to the Heisman? Let's, I've been, I've been on this kick for years. For MVP awards in a professional sports, people do not judge it the right way. They just want to vote for the best guy on a good team. That, that's all people want to do. Or a guy that hits some statistical anomaly like Russell Westbrook last year. I want it to be just what you say, most valuable player. That's what it's called. You want to have an award for best player that year? Then have it. And Mike Trout, when the Angels are going 70 and 92, I have a hard time voting Mike Trout, even though he is the best no, player in like the American it. League. I have a hard time because you know what? Why? They stink with him. And you take him off the team, they still stink. That's why I have trouble giving the most valuable player award to a guy on a team that's not good. Now, so does it, it doesn't mean they have to be have the best. Different, What's let's that? have different awards. Let's have sure. the MVP, and you can decide whatever that means, and then let's have the best freaking player on the planet award. Yes, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But too many people have different interpretations of what MVP is. And too many so people you won't you won't vote Mike Trout. It's not that I oh, won't. I don't get this, man. It's not that I won't, but the award is most valuable, right? They have the silver slugger for the best hitter or combination gold glove, all these different things. But most valuable player is most valuable. That's what the name of the award is. And it's difficult for me to give it to Mike Trout. This team stinks. Now, if you're, but isn't you know, it, it difficult it to look back, Trent, look back and go, 
I can't believe I gave that guy the MVP, and he's not a top 50 player, but yet this person is a top three player of all time, or top two. It's, it's embarrassing. No, I have, back I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Because th- those are different conversations to me. Those are different conversations. And, and I have no, it doesn't have, you don't have to be on a great team. You, in fact, if you sneak into the playoffs or even are just short of the playoffs, I, I have no problem. It's on te- guys that are on bad teams. Andre Dawson winning the MVP, what was it, oh. 88? You know, go way well, you back. You didn't like that. I can tell you didn't like that. No, he put up numbers on a terrible team. You take them off, oh, they're still a terrible team. How do you equate value? I equate value with winning. That's how okay. I equate value. That's how I say Fine. I think we could probably settle it by just having two awards and then dismissing the most valuable. I get that. I understand where you're going there, Andre Dawson, but there needs to be an award for the best player. How about that? Yes. <laughs> we, we could agree Which, with that. Can we agree on that? Yes. All right. So uh, you're fighting LeBron's are in a tussle with Indiana. Got it done last night. Fun game. Really enjoyed that. But looking right now, odds to get to the finals. Win the Eastern Conference, Wolfgang. Who would you be putting your money on? I got the odds right here in front of me if you want to hear them. I do. You're more of a gambler. So some of this odd stuff, I can't wait to get into this more and more. But, yeah, please tell me. The favorite right now is still Toronto. They're 3-2, to two, plus 150. So bet 100 bucks, they get it. You win 150. Okay. The next listed team, the 76ers. They're two to one. The Cavs are plus 250. And then you get into long shots. Celtics 35 to one. Pacers 35 to one. Bucks 50 to one. Wizards 50 to one. And the Heat 200 to one. Wolfgang, I'm giving you a free hundred bucks at the Condon Casino. Who are you putting your money on? <laughs> you know what? I, I sit here, I'm going to go with LeBron every time, but I sit here and watch this, Trent, and I go, I don't know if he really wants to win. Does that sound stupid? After what we're watching, we're sitting here seeing greatness and watching this, and he had 23 points in the first half, and I and I sit here looking at him going, yep, he's got his. He doesn't give a damn in the second half about points. I said he barely scored 30. I think he got 32. I've watched this guy a long time. He's trying to find out if this is even worth it. If, if this is even worth his time because his players suck absolutely sucked, and he's so he's he got his 23. Okay, yeah, I can go there. If you want, I can go 46. I can go 50. Yeah, I can do this. Let's see who else wants to step up, and nobody does, Trent. It's a little embarrassing. Corver, how about the Iowa kid? Yeah. See, Corver? I mean, Corver and J.R. Smith are the... J.R. Smith had a horrible year. Sucked. Absolutely sucked. But when the playoffs come, I mean, he just does not feel pressure. Corver, I believe in Corver. After that, I don't even know who you can believe in on this team. I don't know that he wants to get to the finals. Why would he? Then he goes up against KD another time, and everybody says, oh, KD's better. Uh, no, I would actually give him credit for getting to the finals. Not you guys, Trent. Not you radio guys. No, you'll bash him for getting to the finals and losing. That's not true. You're, you're listening to too many of those morons like Stephen A. Smith and, and Skip and those kind of morons. That, that's your problem right there. You might be right. You might be correct, and yes. So, But it, it is a conversation, the MJ versus LBJ. It is a question. It's a question mark, and it's fun. So everybody that's an MJ fan is like poo-pooing and putting down 
everything that LBJ does, LeBron James does, it's, it gets a little old. It gets it's like, can you please appreciate this guy? He's not going to be around much longer. 15 years. Appreciate that dude, please, for what he's doing. I would argue he's the best passer I've ever seen in my life in basketball. And people roll their eyes, and in 15 years, you will say, I remember when you said that, Wolfgang. I remember when you said, dude is, no, you can't, you can't say anybody is better than Magic or anybody's better than Bird. Or it's just, it's just what you know, the old people do. You're just not allowed to say that, Trent. I will say it before it happens and watch. So your 100 bucks is on the Cavs? Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm going with the Cavs. All right, that's yep. that's fine. We mark the tape. We'll mark the tape right there, <laughs> and we will finish it right there. Wolfgang, have fun. We'll talk to you next uh, on Friday. All right, Hawks going eleven to one this year, Mike. You got it. You got it. We're out of here <laughs> with Wolfgang coming back with more on the other side. Jimmy B and TC. We put a cap on things next on seventeen hundred. Hey, everybody, welcome back in. Jimmy B and TC right here on the Big Talker 1700. Final segment here on a Monday in the capital city. All right, partner, look, uh, the NBA playoffs have just been pretty much just fantastic. Even the Eastern Conference has produced some terrific games, the one last night that you and I talked about. Uh, and tonight, do the Trent Condon, Minnesota Timberwolves, Get another win at home against the overly favored Houston Rockets and the number one seed in the West. Does it happen tonight, kid? No. This one's all Rockets tonight. I I think the the T-Wolves got their game, Jimmy B. They got the one, but Mm -hmm. I think that's all that is going to be. I... I'm hopeful as a fan, but as a broadcaster, no, I, I just don't see it happening. I think this is going to uh, turn out to be Rockets, maybe even a convincing victory tonight. They'll fill, polish it off in game number five, and, uh, well, they got to win. The T-Wolves got to win after 14 years away from the playoffs, but that yeah. will be it. Okay. Um, I like, I'm like. i going to go with you on that. I think Houston rebounds as well. The other game is OKC-Utah, and Utah leads this two games to one. Are the Thunder done against the Jazz, or do you think they rebound tonight? Oh, boy. Uh, th- this one is a little bit more compelling. Where do you sit in this one, Jimmy? I mean, you're, you're probably more locked into this one. What do you got? I want to well, hear, hear what you got. I am. Me. Uh, look, I, to me, this is the marquee game this evening, and I think it, it's going to be a Donnybrook, and I think the Thunder rebound, just like you have stated, that you think Houston wins on the road. I believe OKC wins on the road tonight, just like Cleveland being down like they were. Uh, I believe OKC rebounds this evening as well. So they bounce back. You got OKC tonight. Yes. I think we're going to see a good matchup. I'm excited about this game. Of everything this evening, this is probably the one that I'm pointing to and locked in for the most. It's late night, though. Well, probably 9.45 start by the time they actually get going, Jimmy B. Yes. I might have to subscribe to your theory tonight and uh, dip into a couple 7-7s to get me through this one. (laughs) Hey, that fires me up for the entire game. You know that. We've been out together. Um, I know that you're going to be watching as well uh, as soon as we're done. It is the Minnesota 
Yankee game mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, look, you always told me that the Yankees just beat up on the Twins constantly. Yes. Uh, this is a this is the first of a four game series. Does anything change? Oh, I don't think so. No. Uh, the the, the okay. series over the weekend was, I mean, it was disheartening. And all the usual caveats. It's early. Don't worry. But getting swept by the Rays, frankly, not a very good Rays team. Yeah, they faced. You know, they they got to see Blake Snell, who was really good the other day. They battled back a couple of times, but you know if if they can just split this series, this is a win. You know, you go in there and you get two out of four against the Yankees. I think you consider that a series win if you're the Twins here. Bullpen uh, took some shots though, and a little bit concerned about the Twins, but it's early. Even if they get swept out of here and lose all four games, I'm not going to hit the panic button. I'll be frustrated, no doubt, but. <laughs> An opportunity at a win tonight. Odorizzi's been pitching very well. Yeah. Really yeah. just enjoy watching him pitch. Obviously, in Tampa, I didn't watch a ton of his starts throughout the time. And he's a guy that just, he, he understands. I like how he changes levels, changes elevation, uh, looks to, starts low and goes higher into the zone. He, he's a fun guy to watch. But this Yankee lineup, though, they haven't exactly hit their weight to this point. Still a, a little bit of a concern there. So, yeah, I'll be watching that one tonight, baseball-wise. Other than that, you know, Angels are in Houston. That's a possibility, maybe dipping right. in a little yeah. bit. Late night tonight, we get Washington out of San Francisco. Maybe tap into that in between the uh, the hoops this evening overall. So that's on the agenda. Hockey-wise, you, you excited about anything tonight, hockey? I'm, uh, I'm struggling Boston, to get into it. Yeah, the Boston-Toronto series doesn't do much for me, but I am going to uh, peek in on Washington and Columbus just because the Capitals are trying to win four in a row Mm -hmm. after being down 0-2, and they've won those games in overtime to get back into it, won again in overtime uh, just the other day. So this has been an amazing turnaround, and I want the Caps to win this, Trent, because next up, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you and I love that series, and I want to see Ovechkin and Crosby and uh, Malkin, all those guys, uh, the the biggest stars in the NHL. I like to see it when they're going uh, up against each other. We know what's going to happen. The Penguins are throttled. <laughs> we know all too well how that one is going to turn out. With that, Jimmy B, we are done for the day. You have a good night. Enjoy your hoops. Thank you, buddy. I'll be uh, locked in at the refreshment stand watching everything I possibly can. Back tomorrow, everybody, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right here on the Big Talker 1700.